welcome back to Cast Me to Hell with me, Seb. And with me, Robbie. And this week, we are looking at the best twists in horror. From your icy dead peoples <laughs> to your It Was a Boy All Along. That one applies to several different films. Yeah. <laughs> it Was a Boy All Along, whether it was a real boy, whether it was a fake boy, or a whether it was boy. a... Someone pretending to be a girl, but actually a boy all along. <laughs> all of these twists that uh, kind of make, I think at some points in time when uh, horror has dipped, an occasional twist has been a film that's like jumped right up. Like yeah. Films have jumped more into the public appeal because they've been like, oh my God, you have to see this just because of that twist that yeah. happened in the film. Sometimes it's more just a standard kind of twist, but you think it's really effective. So... Me and Robbie have come together and we've compiled our top three each of yeah. our kind of a, a horror uh, choices. Maybe not going with the most obvious ones. Yeah. Not that they wouldn't make it into our top list. I think we've just got a bit more personalised. Like, ah, so we'd like to be a little bit different, but we'll have some honourable mentions later yeah. on. Because there are, like you said, there were those classic twists. Like, I'm, I mean, like you said, I see dead people. I'm sure you don't have <laughs> six cents on our no, list. And there's probably nobody alive on the planet who doesn't know the, the twist of six cents <laughs> because it was so iconic. Um, so this should be a, a fun little episode. Um, yeah. I would, to, say, I would say, like, obviously, spoilers. spoiler warnings. Yeah, obviously, spoiler um, warnings. <laughs> I guess we'll mention the name of the film. If you're really like, oh my God, I've avoided that for so long, I don't want you to mention yeah. it. Then, um, <laughs> then skip you've forward. Got a, you've got a chance to, 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 to pause for a moment and move ahead a little bit, and hopefully you'll miss it. But, <laughs> hopefully. Um, uh, but as always, if this is your first time listening, or if you are a long-time listener, please remember to hit that subscribe button, um, and please leave us a lovely review. It really does help the show grow. Like I said on our last episode, Spotify has now overtaken Apple Podcasts for um, our most reviewed uh, platform so it's easy to do like you can just go on there and then it's yeah. very easy to find out how to do it it's usually at the top on spotify at the bottom on apple podcast and if you write a review we will give you a shout out on the next episode always got to try and incentivize you know, I'm, a, I'm a businessman i'm a wheeler dealer um, we'll give you that incentive yeah we'll make you want to buy <laughs> so, so i've i've gone for a, a classic iconic one that most people probably know. I've gone for one which I didn't see when I watched a film and I thought really elevated this film. And then yeah. I've gone for one which is uh, real weird, kind of out there. I think people probably don't think much of the film, but I really liked it and loved it and it was a weird one. Um, what about you? Um, I think I've gone. I've gone with definitely ones that personally like kind of like hit me in a certain way. Like I remember it being properly stands out in my mind, kind of personal. Um, I feel like mine's got quite a kind of more of a, a supernatural maybe kind of theme to it. Okay, kind of thing. supernatural. I think I've gone less for maybe the the twist of the killer was this person or things like that because. Obviously, with most people, they're probably thinking, well, every horror film has maybe some kind of twist. Every good film, in some way, has a twist at some yeah. point. But I feel like there's, there's there's twist and then there's kind of like genre-defining twists or there's things like that. All things that just make an impact to you that maybe you just really didn't see it coming. Yeah. Or you just really, or just the general public or like, I'm, you might have noticed it, you might have got it beforehand, but still were like 
damn, that's good. Like yeah. that's a, that's a clever kind of twist on this film, or on this uh, genre or things like that. So yeah. yeah, I feel like I feel like mine is oddly enough gone to the supernatural, even though I'm not the hugest You're supernatural not, fan. But I guess that's why some of these actually made me be like, oh, actually, I liked that film. Yeah. <laughs> when I don't always like them that much. <laughs> well, kick us off then, Epo. Let's uh, let's hear. Number one. Number one on my list. So, um, the first one that I am going to go with was one I watched um, when I was a lot younger. And I've, 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 meant, I've mentioned this, I think I've mentioned this before on the podcast, part of it. Um, and I think it's because we were, uh, we were talking about like when we were younger and films we'd wanted to see. And I said about the fact that I really wanted to go and see the film um, Reign of Fire. Okay. <laughs> the the Matthew McConaughey Christian Bale Dragons Take Yeah, over so we literally like we were the we coolest were, we were like yeah. the we were like I think it was that was when we had like that was a twelve the twelve A like yeah. it was introduced around that film yeah it was um, so it was like Austin Powers Goldman the Reign of Fire like there were several films that, that released at the same time and Spider Man I remember yeah so they were all got this twelve A release which was like. A kind of a big thing at our age because it was oh, like yeah. oh we are we're not 12 yet but we can go and see this film now that we wouldn't have got to see only like a couple of months ago we yeah. wouldn't have been allowed to see this because it would have just been 12 and just like 15 or 18 you just weren't allowed if yeah. if you couldn't which was you understand why they got rid of it in a way because there's almost no way to prove that you're not a 12 year old <laughs> yeah. and at that age people are vastly different you've got kids in like secondary school who look like they're fucking 20 years old yeah, right, and then you've got kids who still look like they're 8 <laughs> yeah. and like they could be of any age and so it's a, it was quite unfair so yeah as long as you had an adult you could go and see this film so we were all in this big group we were all like oh man look at that trailer it looks amazing that looks like the best film ever it's dragons, it's dragons in London destroy yeah. like you know what I mean it's it's Christmas in Berlin I, I don't think I even know who Matthew McConaughey was <laughs> like I don't think I even recognize who because obviously that was like that was when he'd kind of disappeared a bit for a while and then he came back with this weirdly odd like I'm going to go for a full on action role after playing like a kind of like a hippie kind of hipster yeah. guy for most of his career so far <laughs> um, so yeah so um we were all going to go and see it, and yeah. then, um, and then, uh, basically, something got in our way. The adult couldn't go and see it anymore. They were like, "We no. can't do that." We were like, "Oh, so disappointed. We're not going to get to see Rain of Fire," which, which, by the way, is just an okay film. I don't think I ever watched it. You know, <laughs> it's uh, it's enjoyable enough, but the the structure of the film is not great at all. But still, it's Dragons in London, so you can't completely be like, yeah. it's terrible because it's it's that. But um, it, it's just weird to see like Christian Bale, who's oftentimes quite serious like in a lot of his things I think that was pre, that was pre-Batman yeah so that was Christian Bale like still on the rise kind of thing um, but yeah so we so instead we ended up they are our compromise that we would get to rent a film and we rented The Others oh absolute classic I was thinking of putting this on my list man yeah so um, and no one really had a cute so we were all in a big group and I mean, I can't say the first time I watched this film that we were actually fully paying attention. So I don't think I would have caught on to the twist that comes. Um, obviously, a family with Nicole Kidman in the in the main role with a great performance from Nicole Kidman. Yeah. Um, and obviously, lead it, and she's they're in this kind of old Victorian era, and they're in this house, and they start to notice a lot of strange things that are going on around them. She starts to have 
creepy things like with their daughter, which because of Scary Movie, I can never... I think Scary Movie through paro- uh, parodied this film where it had Michael Jackson hiding underneath yeah. in the scene, same scene. So I can't now see that scene <laughs> yeah. without seeing the parody version, which is what Scary Movie <laughs> so did weird. to so many horror films <laughs> by kind of ruining them, ruining them in a lot of ways. But anyway, it's, it's, it's a slow pace. Like a lot of people... I know a lot of people who would probably switch off with this film because it is quite slow paced. It wasn't exactly the perfect film for a group of friends who were trying to like <laughs> chill out and like watch something. So they wanted to watch Rain of Fire. Yeah, they wanted to watch something full on action. And we pretty much, I think this is probably the close, the furthest away from that film as you could go. Yeah. Because <laughs> um, that one was just like balls to the wall action. And this one's like a small, a slow Victorian piece, <laughs> you know, that, uh, that really does like, it is a real tension suspenseful film as that the house continues the odd groundskeeper the landlady all of these people yeah. that just they're, they're they're strange and they're out of place and the mother is constantly kind of questioning them and wondering why they're imposing and why are they trying so hard to kind of um impose with the children and Oftentimes, it feels as if she feels as if these new people are trying to take the children away from her. Yeah, she doesn't really understand why, and I don't think they completely understand why. And through the whole film, you're just like, so there, there is some odd supernatural kind of in this yeah. house. There is something strange going on here, um, and and that's the thing. I can't specifically. There are loads of great scenes, like I said, like that the little girl where she sat in the room with draped over with almost looks like it almost like an old wedding dress yeah it's like quite bridal isn't it yeah and she's making those sounds and and you know I'm not it's not that these are completely revolutionary things and I'd say that these are things that have actually been used a lot since and I feel like this is a quite forgotten about film though because it's not it's not like a full full on horror but it is a suspenseful it's a very suspenseful film yeah like it is like it keeps you on your toes purely because of that so the first time I watched it, as I said, I don't think we were fully paying, like, full attention at times because it was quite slow side. So we didn't catch a twist, but it definitely was enough that when the proper scenes of, like, frightening scenes came on, when there was the slamming doors across several rooms of the house and the, the screaming or the children just acting paranormal kind of thing, I know that people stopped and were like, shit, what the fuck? Yeah. <laughs> like, it, it stopped like a group of, like, teenagers kind of talking to each other kind of, and then suddenly we like, Oh shit! What the fuck is happening? <laughs> like, got what the hell? Loads of really weird, creepy scenes in there. Like, yeah, I remember renting this uh, with my family and watching it. And this, there were there were a couple of films that I remember watching. Jeepers Creepers was one of them, mm. um, and this was another one we rented on VHS. And yeah, it was. There were some scenes that were just so tense, like towards the end when. Uh, because it is like these these weird like grounds. It's like a weird groundskeeper. Yeah. A weird like nanny who turns yeah, kind of nanny cook kind of cook. Thing, yeah. yeah. And when they're like slowly walking towards the house towards the very end, yeah. I remember being terrified. Oh yeah, it, it's so it's it's a beautifully shot film as well. Yeah. Um, you know the the use of like a kind of misty kind of grounds and stuff like that. The fact that when, um, you know, there's like one part when she thinks that the child's really ill, so she tries to leave, the like go out of yeah. the grounds to kind of, to find Sirkin, things keep stopping her and she can't understand why the creepy like groundsman is like blocking her way or stopping her way. Yeah. Um, and yeah, in context afterwards, just like something like The Sixth Sense, 
it's like suddenly like, oh shit, that all makes sense now. Yeah. What was going on? But I think, I really think while you're watching it, because it's like this mother protecting him, because I think, I think a lot of this again, I think Nicole Kidman's performance is a huge part of why a lot of people didn't get it, is because she, this so well that she is, you're so focused on her character. Yeah. And this kind of unusual, and you, you think, oh, these people are so strange, why don't they leave her alone? And um, she, why, like she needs to kind of get the kids out of here and why can't she? And, there's yeah. this unresolved constant in her head that she's like something she's forgetting. So to get to the the, the, the twist of the film is, um, well, basically that um, the reason that they're all trying to keep them away and keep them away from Mummy is because Mummy yeah. is the one that had a mental breakdown and Mummy's the one that kill, killed the children and killed herself. Oh. Um Around the time of, I think it's related to around the time of the war that Daddy doesn't come back. It's the Second World War. Yeah, yeah. And, and 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 they are completely, and she is so distraught and in this kind of mental breakdown um, that she suffocates the children with pillows. And um, I think yes, that's yeah, yeah, she suffocates. Yeah, she does. Um, yeah, I was I was mixing it. I've got another one that's a little bit closer. I'm mixing a little bit up in my head with another similar film um, that was on my list. But um, yeah. And it, it's a fucking haunting kind of part of the film when she realises that the new people and that they are the others. They're the ghosts. Yeah, yeah. the others is them. Um, and the people that are coming through are actually actual people that are coming to view the house or live in the house. Yeah. Or, and for all that this time. So these people that keep saying keep disturbing them is actually the people living in the house. Yeah. The actual living people and they are the ghosts. And it just was. It literally, I think everyone was like, draws drop like shit. Like, I did not incredible. see that coming no, at all. Um, it, it's just not signpost enough because you just think of it as a standard supernatural kind of, there's a ghost in the house, the family's protecting them. The, you know, they've yeah. been done before. Um, but I'm not sure I'd ever seen it done as masterfully done as it did with this one. And as I said, it's been copied several times since in this way. But it definitely is one of the ones that are just like, shit, that worked so well. And then the whole breakdown and just the whole scene with Nicole Kidman's performance of when she realises everything in front of her and it's the fact that no one quite remembers, even the groundkeepers, they know why to protect and they remember more than she does but even all of them don't quite remember every part yeah. of it um, and she's just blocked it out completely what she did so it has this person but it, it is just one of those that is completely haunting and obviously it's around that time like I said, from the late 90s to the early 2000s the... Uh, <laughs> That was pretty much our, our like rent film era. When like yeah. every week you're like, oh my god, we're gonna rent a new film. Or we're gonna rent a couple of films and we're gonna watch them on repeat for like a weekend. <laughs> yeah, that's what you would do. So I definitely did after that. I'm sure I went back and watched it again because that's what you do with a video. If you had it, like, I've only got it for like 48 hours. <laughs> I'm gonna watch this film into the ground, kind of thing. Yeah. Um, but yeah. So that is my 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 first choice. It's such an iconic one. Um, I think I'm gonna save my iconic one for the end so what i'm gonna i'm gonna start off with the weird one because it is it's very uh it's a bit out there and it's not exactly the kind of film that you would maybe expect to see on one of these lists because of kind of how weird it is and that is the uh midnight meat train um have you seen it I mean, uh, the one with um, uh, Bradley Cooper and Vinnie Jones. Jones. No, I haven't no. seen this. I've actually, I have wanted to watch it a few times. I've just never committed to it. <laughs> I think I think I think Vinnie Jones was part of the reason. Yeah. I'm like, it's probably not going to be that great because it's Vinnie Jones. But well. I have heard that he's actually quite good at it. Well, I'm going to spoil the film for you. <laughs> yeah, well, I, I think I think I do actually already. Know. I have heard the twist before. Yeah. So it's okay. Well, it's uh, <laughs> it's just it's 
quite a strange film. I think it's kind of like late 2000s. It's maybe before Bradley Cooper kind of blew up with The Hangover. Definitely, yeah. It's Vinnie Jones, and it's one of those films where, like, what was that? What was it that kind of launched Vinnie Jones? What was it? He wasn't Lock, in stock and Lock, stock and two smoking barrels. barrels. Yeah, yeah, after his football career. <laughs> after his football career, and he did, and he was doing films like that where he was like gangster hard man you know I, I mean I'd almost say the midnight meat chain is literally almost whereas this is like the big more of the beginning of Bradley Cooper starting to get more roles yeah. this is more the end of Vinnie Jones starting yeah. to get roles this is around the like X-Men um, what is it the last stand the last stand when yeah. he played Juggernaut like that was that, they're some of the last things I properly saw Vinnie Jones even yeah. in as an actor yeah, de- yeah probably man as a film anyway <laughs> yeah um but it's it's and it's it's a weird film because it, I didn't think I'd put it on it. It plays out kind of like a standard slasher film, you know. Um, Bradley Cooper is he's a photographer and he wants to get paid for his art and and his pictures. But he goes, you know, he goes and he tries to take some that he's he's sold in, and um, or that he's taken to try and sell them. And he's told that basically like your work's like too boring. You need to get like exciting stuff. So he follows this, like, uh, it's really weird. He ends up following this woman, like, around New York late at night. And he catches her, like, almost about to be, like, sexually assaulted. It's, it's pretty weird. Um, and then the next day, he finds out that she's missing. And he was, like, one of the last people to see her. He, all he, she sees is him get on this train. Um, so he starts kind of looking into more people disappearing, taking these midnight trains. And... He comes to the conclusion that Vinnie Jones is like the one who's taking them <laughs> as, his, yeah. as a character. It's not actually <laughs> him. Um, and he's just this weird guy in a suit who's like quite silent. Um, and you kind of, it plays out like a standard film, you know. Mm. Uh, he goes to the police and tries to tell them. He starts to get more obsessive, like following him. Um, and it, it kind of plays out like you'd expect until towards the very end when it's a it's a brutal film as well there's some really good kind of brutal kills in there um towards the very end of the film uh when his girlfriend breaks into vinnie jones's apartment finds like all of these uh train timetables and logs for like a hundred years or something like that yeah they end up basically uh getting on the midnight meat train and there's loads, there's probably about 20, 30 bodies hung up, like, naked and stripped on this, this train. So it's really kind of visually quite disturbing and strange and just quite off. And then when they get to this last station, so this random conductor's there and he's like, we need you to step away from the meat. They step away and they've gone into, like, this underground chamber beneath beneath new york city that's filled with like bones and like skeletons and stuff like that yeah and then these like reptilian creatures come onto the train start eating these bodies um and then you find out that these ba- this has basically been like a thing that's been going on where these reptilian creatures have lived under New York for like hundreds of years. Okay. Yeah. I didn't know the twist of this film. Yeah. <laughs> I yeah. thought I, I thought I thought it was um, I thought it was that uh, Bradley Cooper follows like the guy you think it's Vinnie Jones and he's almost created the Vinnie Jones character in it. Basically like Fight Club but for a, a horror. I thought oh, that, no. that was it. I thought that Bradley Cooper was actually the one because he keeps following. He's actually yeah. been the killer this whole time. No. Yeah. 
this, oh, this yeah, is, this this is, is really weird. weird. <laughs> and it comes out of nowhere because, like, you see this stuff in in his apartment saying it's gone on for like a hundred years. Yeah. And but you don't really kind of clock onto it. It's only when they get there, it's this really weird underground cavern. The conductor is, says this line. And then you don't really properly see the creatures. You kind of see, like, glimpses of them, shadows, all of that kind of stuff. They gobble the meat up. And then, gobble. yeah. <laughs> and then, um, you know, uh, Bradley Cooper ends up killing Vinnie Jones. Uh, you're like, okay, cool. He's safe. And then the conductor ends up uh, ripping out Bradley Cooper's tongue, kills Bradley Cooper's uh, girlfriend, and is like, you're the butcher now. You have to go and kill all these people. And then we find out that the police chief is gives him the timetable. We see Bradley Cooper in the suit and with all of like the murder stuff. And it's one of those kind of twists that I love because it's, Clive, it's based on a Clive Barker story. So you know that it's going to be kind of weird. Yeah, yeah, and it's yeah. going to be kind of slightly like cosmic horror-ish yeah but it plays out for i don't know let's say the film's like 90 minutes long for like 115 minutes 120 minutes it plays out like a generic slasher film it's quite bloody it's cool and then the last 15 minutes it's like yeah there's like reptilians underground who run the city and they have to (laughs) and we've made like a deal with them and that's what these sacrifices are that's so it's like a play on the old um the old myth of the alligators that live in kind of yeah kind of thing isn't it they all say there are alligators or reptilian creatures that live under the sewers in new york kind of thing yeah it's kind of like that (laughs) and it it just comes out of nowhere and it's it's kind of one of those those bittersweet ones you know similar to in a strange way, similar to the end of the others, where they've driven the the new people out of the house, yeah, yeah, yeah. and then you see more people turn up, and it's like that now they know the ghost. They've got to drive the people out of the house and try yeah. to stay there, and it's that thing of like this is the cycle continuing. Yeah, you know? yeah. It doesn't end. It doesn't end. Yeah, like Vinnie, like Bradley Cooper could have lived his life if you know he just stayed ignorant if he didn't do any of this but he got obsessed and now he's got to do this yeah. until somebody <laughs> clocks on to him and i don't know it was one of those films where i like i first watched it and i thought like this is a cool slasher it's cool and then this bit happened and i just loved it and i think it's i think because, <laughs> because of, it's so weird because like, it's so weird and so wacky and yeah, i think yeah. because of that I think a lot of people might watch this film and be like, well, that's shit. It's like, yeah, there's yeah, barely yeah. any signposting for this. Yeah. Apart from the police not listening to it and these weird logs. It's not like there's any, you see the creatures or anything. It's just yeah. like, we're in this underground station, get away from the meat. And you're like, what the fuck? So I thought I'd get my weird one out of the way. You know? <laughs> but definitely watch it if you haven't. I, I, I actually now need to know what reptilian creatures yeah. come out of look like. <laughs> Um, yeah, no. Uh, well, I'm prepared now for that. Yeah, sorry uh, to ruin it for you. <laughs> it, it's fine. It, 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 you got a reaction out of me just from being like, "What the fuck?" Like, there you go. <laughs> that's where we're going with this. Yeah, just going out there, you know. Um. So my uh, my second one, I'm actually going to share because obviously this is um, best twists and horror. Yeah, and I've actually chosen a. TV show for Ooh, my second geez. one. I've gone away from horror films and I've gone for a TV twist instead. Um, because uh, the often forgotten about on these kind of films are yeah. the uh, 
the TV shows and some of them have had fantastic, amazing twists in them. And there's there's a whole bunch of different horror shows that I could link out to, and there's a whole bunch of twists that I could do. Um, but I think I'm going to go for one that's pretty much when you think of horror TV. I think right now it's probably the most well thought of, and also the one that's been going on for long. Maybe too long for some people's perspective. Um, I'm going to go with American Horror Story. Gee, I'm gonna, but I'm going to go all of the first. I season, thought you'd get the first House. season yeah. because, to be honest, out of all of them, Murder House is the most consistent of all of the seasons. It's, I, I it's the strongest. They started out the strongest. Ever since then, not that they haven't had great. I uh, I haven't watched the last couple. Uh, I think around 1984 is the last one I. I watched that. Or maybe I can't remember what came after. Actually, I haven't. I don't know. I haven't watched the one about aliens, vampires, where it's half and half of a season or whatever. Yeah. Um, but um, I yeah, I, I lost it a little bit. The, there's one thing with American Horror Story for me that's always a, is that there are great ideas. Season plays out amazingly. They come out with some amazing characters, some great actors. They always feel like they've not planned out the ending. And the ending always feels rushed and kind of like they didn't really think about it in a lot of the yeah. seasons. I always feel like it comes to an end when it's like, you like it seems it seems like a left field turn or it feels like a yeah. you didn't think that through, did you? You didn't know where to go with this. You had a great concept, but you didn't know where to go with this yeah. in the end. Um, so often in American Horror Story, sometimes when they try to pull off a final twist at the end, I always find it doesn't always work that well. Yeah, like they they kind of fail at the end. When they've sometimes built amazing seasons of something like, um, yeah, like quite a lot of them. I won't go for and ruin all of the seasons <laughs> yeah. for everyone. But the first one, which is now what, 13, 14 years old, so. It is up for. I, I, that one's definitely up for grabs. Um, so, Murder House. Now, there are actually several great twists in this first season, and this first season works out amazingly as the, like a kind of a supernatural but it also has elements of a slasher it has yeah you know, it's got a lot of elements in it mixed in together which i think is why it kind of works so well for like horror fans why people were drawn in so quickly to it and not only that the fact that it's got a great uh, great cast in it yeah real really um, strong man yeah uh, sarah paulson and um dylan uh I'm going to say McDermott, but I'm not sure if that's the right one. Dermot O'Leary. <laughs> Dermot O'Leary. <laughs> and um, why am I blanking? It's not Vera Farmiga. It's her, it's her sister or her daughter or one. It's her sister, I think. Her sister. And I'm blanking on her I first name. On, I can't. Uh, she's a Farmiga. A Farmiga. Um, you know, they're, they're, a horror, they're a bit of a horror di- between American Horror Story and, say, like The Conjuring. They've made yeah. themselves a little bit of a horror dynasty there. Um, but, yeah, so American Horror Story, it, it plays out standard you know not may hugely different here from the others in some ways that they are a family living in a moved into a new house and they start to notice a lot of creepy shit going on uh, like people that are in full-on spandex gimp, yeah, the gimp that goes around um we'll try to look at who the gimp is kind of strange supernatural things there's some weird obsession with their uh, family and the fact that the wife is pregnant connie nielsen yeah. there you go another great actress who is pregnant, and there seems to be an odd kind of obsession with that with the neighbour next door. Yeah. Um, and it, it plays out a lot across the season, and it flips back and forth between hot, between history. You have one great part of the show when it, it goes back to a guy who's basically performing like abortions and stuff in the cellar, yeah. which is a really like creepy kind of part of it, and really kind of disgusting that you find out that he's doing that, but he's also kind of twisted at the yeah. same time, and it, it's it's really like fucked up in that way. Um, but as much as it is, you get to grow, and the nice thing about it being a TV series is you get a long time to kind of grow with these characters and yeah. get to learn. And, 
uh, and you get to really root for certain characters and, and root for certain. So you've got a character who I don't think anyone would ever expect to root for is the person in char- like is Tate. Yeah. Uh, Evan Peters again, fucking awesome. Yeah, he's great. Um, quite an underrated actor, I find quite often. Um, and he's um, he's obviously he's got the Tate one, and this isn't my twist, but this is a great twist is the one that he's the school massacre shooting. Yeah. And he also turns out to be the gimp at the end. Yeah. That's uh, awesome. this, the whole school massacre part is really, it's a really weird one that I don't know why, but it's always me- you're always so interested in that kind of thing just when they play out it's horrific yeah. and horrible and you're like this is the, like this is literally the worst thing and you just it does make you like holy shit this stuff still it still goes on yeah. like all of these that have happened and they're still like yeah we're good with guns and you're just like holy shit man it's, um, yeah, it's, it's a daunting thing isn't it it, it is it's, uh, like you said it doesn't happen over here that's no all, but it's a uh, strange no, we've had like one case in history of like yeah. that kind of thing happening yeah. in arts but it's um, a strange, you know, it's a, it's a strange, like, thing. And even seeing it played out on TV. Because, you know, like, I think maybe for us, like, schools are such a place of innocence. Yeah. You know? And, like, it's... It, it, it just it's is. Mental. When you see that reaction, and I think any scene, any show that tries to do it, and it, obviously it's a, it's a rocky ground, and it's oh, yeah, a hard one to do, because there's only so much that they want to show because especially a lot of these quite often are American because yes, some British TV shows have done this where they've done a school shooting, but again, yeah. it's, it's more, they're taking the American idea and they're putting it into a show because we don't have the, yeah. this kind of thing. Um, rarely does this thing ever kind of happen in our country. Uh, but over there, so, you know, when Americans are obviously they have to be like, they have to be wary of it because sadly it looks like just about every month one's happening. So yeah. they have to be wary all of the time of any kind of shooting that's going on and they have to be wary of what they show. And obviously in American Horror Story in this first season, they don't really show it too much. They don't really show a huge amount of it, but they yeah. do show the terror around it of people hiding, people you know, locking away, yeah. people being like dragged away or people being killed off screen. But it doesn't change how effective it is, like yeah. in that way. So, it, and it's very odd that then you've got a character like Tate, who is this like gimp wearing guy. Yeah, you find out it's him. But you also find out, and that is that's a twist as well. Obviously, these are all twists. There are loads of twists. Um, but you have his character be this, but then you have his love for Violet, yeah, the daughter, and it's odd that you both start to kind of come round to his character you actually start to like his character as someone who i don't know who i guess they go down to the deeper part of it is this really messed up kid and the fact that he's had so much time to reflect on it because he's yeah. been stuck in this house for so long as all of these people are stuck in this house and appear at certain times in different yeah. times and it's just somewhere you can't escape and things like that um so it does get towards the end when you start to be thinking of the whole family why the fuck aren't why the fuck are you still here? Like there are lots of things that drag them back in and draw them in and keeping them yeah. around and kind of twisting them. And they don't realize that a lot of people who are, they're talking to aren't actually like real yeah. or there. Um, but the best and the most haunting twist in the whole season. And uh, yes, big boy for that one, but is the fact that Violet, the daughter has been dead for pretty much half the season. Oh, that was horrendous. And it's it, the way it plays out is, is horrific and the fact that you know she's taking pills and like you have Evan Peters Tate yeah. who's there who's um, you know holding her and try, like, trying to be the one to save, to save her and things like that and protect her and you actually think that she was saved well and, yeah you know because it's almost you know it's like almost that hook of the you know unreliable narrator isn't it yeah like I thought 
and I rem- I'm sure whilst watching it, I distinctly remember her throwing up those uh, pills. Yeah, you know, and I bet, and then he was trying. I remember like looking back on it, he was trying to keep her out of like the air vent for ages. Yeah, and, and yeah, all those parts that like yeah. So if you if you revisit it, it's it's actually like even it's more really effective because you're like holy shit, it's there. But you don't realize how long she's actually been gone because yeah. you think she came through that, and that's also a turning point for Tate's character because you realize that she when that happens to her with the overdose. And you notice that he's like you think he's part of why he saved her and he's trying yeah. to protect her. And yes, he gets a little bit too over the top of that, um, but because of knows. But that's because he was trying to protect her from the truth and protect all of them. And obviously, as the family starts to road and, and the family start to die, basically. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, it's also a case of when we finally think that they're actually going to be able to get out of here, it's that gut punch of like of all of them. The most in- innocent is Violet. Yeah. So you're literally there, like okay, well, at least some of them are going to get, you know, at least some of them are going to get out of this, not going to be stuck here forever, or at least Violet can get out of this. And it's like, oh, shit, you were gone, you were gone way before <laughs> yeah. anything. And your parents didn't even realise kind yeah. of thing. Um, and it just is. And then seeing her dead body that's already rotting inside oh, of the... And it's just another hit upon a hit. like you, Because, again, you've had the whole season to get used to it. And this is a twist that would work in a film, effectively, but not as effectively as because you've gone on this whole thing. The fact that a lot of people just for weeks, you're watching it yeah. for weeks. It's been months and you've had months and people could rewatch the episodes and they've been able to go back through it. And it is just one of those twists that people were like, I really, I didn't fucking get it. Yeah. And it's not like a film when you watch it once and it's revealed to you that you had so long to notice the signs and you still didn't notice yeah. it. And every episode had little after she died, every episode had little hints, but it still was just like, and again, I think it's that kind of, the actress herself, it's kind of that kind of protection that an audience puts on a character yeah. sometimes that you think she's so protected and you're so like, you want her to be safe that you don't look at the some of the harmful things that's actually around or the harmful people that she's been around. Yeah. And, you know, and Tate is one of those harmful people, but at the same, you know, and, and even her parents at times are the <laughs> harmful people. But yeah, it, it is just one of those all encompassing gut punch of a twist in the film, in, yeah. the, in the TV series. Um, so yeah I felt like even though I had lots of them I was like I want to go with that one <laughs> it's a great one and, and I think you know my kind of touching on American Horror Story I think the first season was incredible um, I think it was genuinely great storytelling it was great visually I think every season looks great um, yeah. it's, it's just a shame because it seems that like each one has gone on it gets more away from like the horror and the weird stuff like yeah. I remember or it keeps the weird stuff but it's, ne- it's never quite as good like it's got very drawn in i got to be honest it's got very drawn in by social political kind of stuff like it, it's well, sometimes it feels a little bit like they're tr- like I get they're trying to find a horror side of it but sometimes it feels like the horror disappears and it's too much about making a point about something or making a you know we're trying to say about this which can work really well but some of the seasons have gone too far one way, away from almost feeling like they're not even a horror anymore. Yeah, like, <laughs> like I remember, well, I mean, I recently watched um, Hotel and 1984 because, you know, those were two that I, like, sounded cool. Like Lady yeah. Gaga's in one and 1984 sounds like it's right up my street. And both of them started off pretty interesting and 
pretty like oh this is kind of horror based you know yeah 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 there's some little scares or there's some weird stuff and then by the end of it by like the last two or three episodes it was just like really like the horror had gone and it was more just about like it was almost like telling like a happy story i remember like hotel had like an ending that if i remember it correctly that was like, oh, yeah, everything's fine. Everything's, like, all right, mate. Yeah, don't worry about it. Like, there's no horror. There's no, like, weird no. things. And yeah. the same with 1984. It was just like, yeah, we're dead. We're going to live in this, uh, you know, we're going to live continuously going around this, you know, summer camp forever. We've all agreed that we'll keep Richard Ramirez here. We'll just kill him when he reanimates. Um, <laughs> and it was really weird. It, there was no it like, was horror. Really, there. really weird. That one is spe- like the um, the the hotel one. Uh, I felt um, died pretty fast around the midpoint of the season. It started to just. Yeah. I don't know. It's it first that idea of a hotel where people start, you know, classic shining things. Like yeah. That. Um, and it has some amazing bits like when they do have like that's one of the early influences of them bringing in um, you know a, a ki- actual real life killers. When they yeah. had the whole round the table that was kind cool. of thing, um, that stuff's all really cool. Um, you know the the <laughs> what I'd probably what is it the driller dildo or whatever yeah. it was kind of death and early like at the start of the season. Um, but yeah, by the end of it, you'll start okay. So this is again like somewhere you can't quite escape, but also what's Lady Gaga's deal and things like yeah. that. And it just again, it just didn't feel like a complete kind of idea in nineteen eighty four. 1984 started out great as a freaking Friday the 13th style kind of slasher kind of like, yeah. you know, not quite that, but camp like, you know, and it is that for quite a few episodes of that kind of debt. And then you're like, oh, wait, these characters are here again. And then it turns out to be more of a supernatural thing, which was fine. Um, for me, honestly, the part is when it went away from the camp, started to go to the Richard Ramirez part. Yeah. And it's, to be honest, it's, it's, one, of the, it's one of those times when I start to be like, there's a way that you should use real life killers, and the way they've used them before, um, you know, like inspired by, like it, uh, the Freak Show one has the inspired kind of um, the clown killer. Yeah. Um, and obviously in hotel they have like around the table where New York based killers were kind of yeah uh, ended at a hotel, but it wasn't distasteful. The Ramirez one I started to feel felt almost distasteful. It started to feel like fucking Mortal Kombat of killers. Yeah. You know I what agree. I mean? Like, and it was just like, if you're going to do it, then I would say you do someone who's inspired by yeah. Ramirez, but don't literally say that Ramirez is here and now caught and now. It started to feel in poor taste. To be it honest. really did. Don't and, go boss Richard Ramirez. And he you didn't know feel I mean? scary anymore either. The, the killer no longer, someone who was a real life killer and somehow they'd managed to take out the mystery of him and then managed to make him not even a scary thing. Yeah. You're watching these two guys again, um, Dillit, I'm going to say McDermott again, from the first season was back as a yeah. killer for like two episodes and he's the one that kind of goes up against him. As yeah. Well. And it just started to be like, this isn't horror. This is what you, like what is happening right now. Like, yeah. You came up with the idea of this episode where we have to have him and then we have to keep Ramirez and why is it specifically Ramirez when we're out in the middle of nowhere and he was a city-based killer? Yeah. Why is like, you could have chosen any number of people I'm sure who could have killed someone in a camp style you know or yeah. I'm sure there are lots of country based killers just make you up. chose someone because you know that they were high profile and it would bring something to the yeah, yeah it, it's stuff like that again where it started to look more to like the real life killers too much it, instead of just taking inspiration from yeah. them it started to actually bring them in all the time and it was like 
why? It's, yeah. And, <laughs> and, like, it's kind of disrespectful to, like, the actual killing. Of course. It? You know what I mean? And, yes, I know any time they do these shows and these horror... A lot of people will say they're disrespectful. But at least sometimes they have a bit of taste to be like, you know... Sometimes they won't show the killer doing certain deaths or things like that because it's distasteful to yeah. the victims. But this was just like, okay, well, you're not doing it to the actual victims, but you're still showing him being this, like bloodthirsty but it literally started to feel like are you trying to be like Richard Ramirez is cool that's you what I had to make him feel like he's fucking cool and I had this you know Dharma I thought um, I thought Dharma was really oh, well I done watched, I haven't watched Dharma yet. I thought it was really well done I thought I wanted it, to <laughs> yeah it was good I thought it, I thought it was shot really well it was interesting it was it was kind of one of those bits where it was like you know what was going on there was a there was a heartbreaking episode that really paid tribute to one of his victims yeah um and most of all it i don't think it made jeffrey dharma look cool he looked he looked like a sad loser you yeah know? I'm, I'm calling you out you know, he looked like a sad loser <laughs> come and get me. come and get me from the grave he looked like a sad loser right yeah whereas i remember thinking with this with 1984 you like Richard Ramirez. Not only was he a piece of shit, yeah. he was he was ugly as fuck, and he had bad, horrid teeth. I know as a British yeah. man, calling Richard Ramirez's <laughs> teeth, there's some irony in there. But he was, you know, he was a horrid looking dude. Yeah. And they cast like a decent looking lad as him. Yeah. And then the, and they came off as like they glamorized him. They glamorized him. Yeah. yeah. Which which like felt they made very the bad whole taste. leather jacket and the little blades. They made it feel like they were trying to be like. Ah, you know who was cool, like uh, Danny. <laughs> yeah. So we're gonna make Ramirez kind of like a cool kind of. Like, Everybody greaser. likes a bad boy. Yeah, you know, exactly. that kind of vibe. But like, like literally, was that when you were like, here's a killer versus a killer, and it's like, so you want me to root for a person who kills people? Either way. Yeah. Like, I know the other character was not based on a real one or was inspired, but wasn't actually a real life killer versus a real life killer. Yeah. But it was just like, who the fuck thought this was a good idea? I know. Like it, this is like I'm someone who loves horror films, and this. Is in poor taste. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, um, but no, like that's what I mean. It's had a lot of um, good, and a lot of the early seasons of that are actually very strong, and some of them I do really like. Um, and they even revisited Murder House for a season yeah. where they brought together the coven with the um, murder house to make a kind of mixture, which again was a really kind of, like they built into the supernatural ideas and how the world built. And they built, that season actually wasn't that bad. It was really good until they got to an ending when it was basically witches versus Damien, who was the baby from the yeah. murder house. And it was shit. It was absolutely, it was some of the worst, like final, like the final episode was so rushed to that the final episode was just like a 10 minute, like, oh, we built up this whole season about how evil he is and how terrible it's going to be. And then it was just like, we're in a house. We're going to fight you. Ah, oh, holy shit. That person's dead. Right. You're dead. You're dead too. I was like, the fuck? <laughs> yeah. Like, this is terrible. Like this, this has, again, it completely killed any of the horror of what made either season great. Yeah. And they'd kind of, they'd kind of ruined, uh, like reflectively ruined two other parts. <laughs> yeah. This is what um, they do, man. You know, and and and, and to come back to twists and things like that and to link before and that we actually go to yours. as well. Because, there are horror twists as well that we haven't mentioned at the start that can reflectively kind of ruin films or ruin other ones. Sometimes these films can be like, that was quite a good film. And then suddenly the twist is like, that's a shit film. Well, <laughs> like you can, you can totally destroy M. Night Shyamalan is very good at yeah. having both made some of the best and worst. I'm calling out, say, The Happening with Mark Wahlberg. Yeah. Where it's running from what? What are you running from? I'm running from the wind. Like the wind is going, it's like, 
well, you don't understand the fact that the, that that would be everything. That's the fucking air around you. Yeah. So that makes no fucking sense. <laughs> but it has like that film is like a partial like it's a little bit horror. At the start, you know, it has these dropping the bodies off of buildings, and yeah. that was like an awesome scene. They even had like a lawnmower yeah. where it goes over a guy. I was like, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of into this. I like this. And then at the end, it's like it was like an environmental message. The plants are trying to kill you, and it's like, the fuck did you think that was a good idea? <laughs> Um, and, and it just is it reflectively and even um, to call out one of his other ones that popped into my head um, did you uh, we had obviously Unbreakable Split Split and Glass yeah I saw Unbreakable Unbreakable was really good was I okay. really like it, it right. um, uh, Split I think was James McAvoy's performance anyway is fucking fantastic yeah I think it was decent it's an incre- like, incredible thing I think they're both pretty strong film, but Glass as a film completely fucked the whole thing because they ruin it at the end by just the way he did it, everything is fucking terrible. Have you not? Have you seen Glass? I haven't. But I, I won't spoil it for yeah. just for the sake of doing it, but it reflectively ruins. Like it's more that one's more about Samuel Jack, L. Jackson's character, yeah. which again most of the film is pretty good. And then at the end, the way they pl- had let it all play out into this three characters against each other. And it's just fucking terrible. Like, it's so bad. <laughs> well, to be honest, I didn't think much of Unbreakable. I watched it. I thought really interesting at first. And then maybe because I was too young, I didn't get, you know, a lot of it went over my head. Maybe that is it. But I watched it. I wasn't particularly impressed with it. Then we went to watch... I think we watched Split together, maybe. Well, I know I watched I think we it. we did, yeah. And then I remember, like, the after credits scene was just... Bruce Willis uh, from Unbreakable watching it on TV yeah, 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 and I was yeah. like what? It's a universe now. Yeah I was like oh so now it's a universe and then when they announced Glass I was like I, d- I don't see the appeal to this at all you know like <laughs> I don't think I don't think too many did because it, it didn't actually do as well as they expected it to either of course that's it because did. it's because like people like Split and they liked Unbreakable separately as different things but yeah. they didn't see the point to make this kind of meta superhero universe kind of like yeah. superheroes but people that don't act like they're you know superheroes and don't want to be known as them and you bring them together and what happens kind of, it just yeah, yeah. It, it didn't work and like like many of his twists didn't work but there was not just M9 no, we're not just calling you out yeah, we, we, calling we can you probably out. in fact we probably will I'll put it on an episode list at some point we could probably do the twist of M9 Shyamalan yeah. just as an episode itself <laughs> but calling you out just because you're both the mo- you're the most inconsistent and your whole career is basically twists it is um, let's go to Robbie and let you get on with your uh, that is that works Second. second yeah that does work though because this was what i felt was a really good twist that was then undone by the sequel and ah. this is uh the boy so ah yes it, it was a film that i just i didn't watch it at the cinema i just randomly stumbled on it on netflix a couple of years after it was released um and basically it's about a, a woman called greta who leaves america because she's hired to be a nanny by this posh couple whilst they're on holiday um so she she emigrates over to the, the countryside in england and she's basically told that she has to look after a porcelain doll called brahms um and then you know she doesn't really take it seriously she's in this massive house with this looking after a fucking doll um she's got these really weird rules to follow like you have to read him a book in a child's voice you have to uh play loud music um you have to like put you when you make food you have to make a plate for bram and then get rid of it in this special bin and it's kind of like this it's just a 
you know, she's like, oh, this is fucking, yeah. I'm, I'm clearly looking after two nitwits, you know, like, <laughs> like I'll just take it for the, for the ride. Um, we find out that the actual real Brahms died 20 years ago um, in a house fire. Um, he was eight years old. And that, like, since then, this is like how the, the two parents are dealing with it, basically. Um, the basic like the film kind of then plays out as if it's like a paranormal film so you hear like a, a child crying in the night you hear like the doll moving on its own you know she'll go into a room and then the doll will be on a different thing yeah um and it play you know the doll even like calls her and talks to her and asks her to follow the rules and like she'll be nice and it plays out like a paranormal film you're yeah. thinking this is just a paranormal film, just like a, yeah, the doll kind of like the, yeah, like yeah. A creepy ghost or Chuck, like not Chucky, but you know what I mean, like yeah, the, like the that doll. kind of thing. Like what are they doing or Annabelle? Any of those kind of yeah. things. yeah, it's a creepy doll, and then something's gonna happen. She's gonna want to leave, and the doll's not gonna let her. That kind of thing, um, and it even gets to the point where um, the we see like the parents writing a letter to Brahms and then like killing themselves you know they put like rocks in their pockets and stuff and go into a river and then effectively Greta has like an abusive ex-partner who follows her all the way from America he turns up um, and they, they get into a confrontation and she's saying I'm not going to go to America like I have to stay here and look after Brahms and stuff yeah. um, he goes rago and smashes Brahms yeah. And the whole house starts shaking, you hear all these loud noises, and you're thinking, like, this is going to be, like, the big supernatural re- reveal. And then, all of a sudden, this man bursts through a mirror and kills the uh, kills the American guy. And then you find out that the real Brahms has actually been living in the house, inside the walls, all of this <laughs> time. And it's just the, this fun twist that I did not see coming. And then, you know, it plays out that, like, he's, you know, he wants her to stay there. He's not going to let her leave. The housekeeper, um, you know, comes and, like, tries to rescue her. And they end up, you know, killing Bram. So it has this really cool twist. And I think when you watch it back a second time, everything makes sense. You know, yeah. like, well, he has, you have to read loud because he's in the wall so he can hear. <laughs> like, she puts the food in the bin and then when she goes and checks, goes the bin's empty. Yeah, yeah. And then that's how the doll moves <laughs> around because he's in there doing everything. So I kind of feel like it plays out really cool, especially on like a second watch. But then the problem is, it then followed up with a sequel. And, I, yeah. I will say, I, I haven't actually seen this film, but I had heard the twist yeah. before. Um, and I already wasn't really interested. <laughs> I wasn't really interested by the film at all. Uh, none of this uh, promotional stuff made me interested, like at all, by the film. Yeah. Um, but the um, the twist. However, the twist that I heard it must have been described really shitly because the, the twist when I heard it made it sound like there was a person living in the door. No. And it was, <laughs> so when they broke it, it was the man. It was underneath. So this makes a lot more fucking sense yeah. now. Because I was like, how the fuck? Was what dog, kind of it? size of man are you saying <laughs> yeah. is in there um, that there's someone living inside so I was thinking oh so they tried to do like a doll version of Orphan yeah um, and I was like okay fair enough yeah that I, I mean I guess I'm not surprised someone hasn't tried that kind of you think it's alive because actually it is alive hiding underneath there but I was like that still doesn't make a lot of sense this makes a lot more sense yeah. now um, so yeah, and so he looked, how does the sequel fuck that up? Well, the good thing about Brahms as well, just so you get a, like an idea of what he looks like, is he basically 
he's kind of like Michael Myers in Rob Zombie's Halloween. He's, he's like, like a little pale boy, massive gang. Like he's he's not as muscly. He's like quite gangly. Yeah, yeah. He's got like long ass hair, and he wears like a porcelain doll mask. Um, and then basically, so it's set. It, that would be why the pi- the picture that went with the spoiler was a person with a porcelain mask yeah. that was slightly broken. So, it, so I was like, oh, is that just a picture of when he's winning the little boy? <laughs> when yeah. he's in the little. I was like, how fucking big is this doll? Well, basically, <laughs> you find out that like. Brahms was a nutter and he killed a girl when he was young. Um, bashed her head in with a rock. Um, and then when they came to get him, you know, the police came to get him, they found that the house was on fire. So the parents okay. kind of did this so Brahms wouldn't go to prison. Yeah. And then the idea was that they couldn't live with it anymore. They would. They got this woman in who obviously came from America so she didn't have any family or anything like yeah. that around and then she would stay with Brahms forever, and Brahms would just keep her there. Um, so it plays out so quite well. She just well. thinks she's looking after a doll. She thinks she's looking after a doll. <laughs> and the whole I mean, that's already a fucking <laughs> yeah. Well, that's why the first half she's like not following any of the rules. Yeah, you know, she's, she's like, just like I'm, look, I'm getting paid like a grand a week to just look after a doll. Yeah. So she she completely neglects it, and then something happens I can't remember what it is that makes her do it but it all plays out very like supernatural you know like if you follow the rules like you won't get that kind of stuff so it plays out supernatural then you get this twist which I didn't see coming I thought was really good Um, and then on second watches it kind of clicks a lot more and then in the sequel which I went I was I'm saying this right I was I was I wasn't super excited for a sequel, but I was so interested in how they'd pull it off because I was a, I was a fan of the first one yeah. that I went to the cinema on my own to watch it because they were only showing it for like two days in Gloucester. Yeah. So I went, I watched it, and basically they just undo everything. They're like, no, the, the doll actually was haunted. It's <laughs> <laughs> basically, yeah, it's like, nah, doll was haunted. Bra- the Brahms was driven nuts by the doll. And it's like, Oh, so now it's just like you've just basically reverted you just the whole reverted thing. everything that came yeah. before it. You had this nice little fun twist, and you've basically just gone nah. You know that like you know that twist that not like not many people saw coming, propped up like an average film. Like nah, don't worry about that, mate. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. That fucking <laughs> yeah, yeah, that does sound ridiculous. You know? Yeah, it was just it was <laughs> it, it was like. I don't know. You know when you just when you watch a film and they just bring a character back randomly, they just undo something. I was thinking. I was thinking in my head. I was just checking because I was thinking in my head. I thought for some reason the boy two was actually quite well reviewed, but no, it wasn't. No, it wasn't. <laughs> I don't think the first one was that well reviewed. No, but it, it was better reviewed than, uh, than than the second one. Was. Yeah, the second one's been like totally. Uh... I think I I hold it in like such good stead. Because I just watched it thinking, it's only like an hour and a half. It's going to be like a you know an average paranormal film. I just need somebody to kill the time. And I was actually really pleasantly surprised with the, uh, with the twist. Um, before we do our last one, should we go over to the social media lounge? Yeah, go I've for got it, a couple. Um, so the ones that I've got at the moment are, we've got um, our boy Simon from uh, So I Married a Horror Fan. They've just uh, celebrated ten thousand plays, so all the, all our love. Um, 
they said, not sure how much of a twist it is, but the ending of Final Destination 5, where they reveal it's a prequel, is really good. Yeah. I, I had that on my list because I think it's 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 a great twist, man. You know. I think it is. It, it, you don't you don't think about it, and it, it they have done enough to look back at it and go, um, like we mentioned in our episode, which is a I always feel is like one of our. Uh, I don't know, our famously not quite great episodes. Yeah. <laughs> because sadly we were on burnout of Final Destination and also um, we were doing it in a, I think that was the one of our early ones when we were transitioning and how to do our podcast like from after we'd left Dan. Yeah. And uh, we were working out how to do it and uh, we were doing it on one that had a timer and it got oh, cut yeah. short. So that episode doesn't actually have a proper ending. Oh, shit. No, we, we had to like wrap it up in like two minutes <laughs> when we were only partially through the film. So we did talk about it, I think, a little bit, but we literally had to like sum up so quickly that, yeah, it's almost one that has to be uh, revisited one day. Yeah. But the fact that they put in little stuff from... You don't look until the second time and you realise, holy shit, they're using like fucking a Motorola Razor or something. You know what I mean? No, the guy, uh, or even earlier than that, actually. It's like, like a, a big blocky yeah, mobile. That, that's what, and you just don't think about it when no. you're watching it in the film. It was one that was like, oh shit. And it was also a big return to form for the franchise. Yeah, definitely, man. Um, uh, every rom-com pod said Us, which I which had a good twist. Suspiria 2018. I you were saying every Us. rom-com has a good heart. <laughs> uh, no, yeah, every rom-com's got a great twist. Um, Suspiria 2018, which I haven't watched, uh, but we, we're going to be covering the original Suspiria in the next couple we are. of weeks. It's, it's a much longer... The, the second one... The, yeah. The remake Re- is a much longer film. Like The yeah. first one's an hour and 45 minutes. Uh, the second one, Over I read 150 minutes or something like that. Yeah. It's fucking long It's film. supposed to be... Uh, a lot different as well which I've heard yeah I have it it, yeah. it was quite a mixed reaction from what I remember hearing yeah. from it some people really loved it because it does fully go crazy and some people are like mm, it doesn't really uh, doesn't really live up to the original so I don't know yeah. we, um, we will see when we'll look at that one one day we will <laughs> um, the end of uh, 1978 Invasion of the Body Snatchers um, mm-hmm. Lord Zombie said you got to talk about uh, Sleepaway Camp or at least Friday the 13th. Both. I implied to that in the beginning. You did, you the did. boy that is not actually a the boy. Bo- yeah. Is one of the many boys. Yeah. <laughs> all the boys. Uh, all the boys. <laughs> Daddy and the boy. <laughs> and the first Friday the 13th where it's uh, it's Pamela, that's a classic. That was going to be an honourable mention honorable kind of mentioned. thing where it is a twist, classic twist. And then Bear had, which I, I, I wanted to mention, but I think everybody should go into this film blind. And that's a Barbarian. You know, uh, yeah, that, that's too too new that I I don't I don't want to spoil that for anyone. So I'm not going to tell say what the twist is. Yeah, and, <laughs> and that's it. I thought you know, I mean, yeah, it's some of incredible. these films you do need to go in blind and uh, Barbarian, like, for instance, definitely. yeah, definitely. Like like I said, I'd so out of the ones that we've we've done so far, I'd say quite a lot of them. The experience is kind of ruined, maybe ruined for you a bit. I do think that The Others is one where if you already knew the twist, then the film's going to feel... It's not that you can't take enjoyment from it, but I do think some films, like The Sixth Sense... Yeah. They are films that... They're still good films in their own right. They just don't play as well as the first time. Yeah, you they need never to. Do. Some of them, the twists play out, and you can still rewatch it, you know what I mean? And it still kind of plays as well. Yeah. Because it's not such a big hitter, like, oh my God, I didn't see it coming. But there are certain ones where it is literally like... Once you've seen it, it almost makes you feel like... I feel like there are some people that say that I've never seen The Sixth Sense or I've never seen... 
you know, certain horrors that you're like, yeah. you know, why not? And like, because the twist was ruined for me, so I don't see the. And I kind of get that sometimes uh, yeah, because there are films when it's like I have avoided because it's like I heard what the twist was, so I have. I didn't watch Fight Club for ages because I got it ruined yeah. for me. So because I knew what the twist was, I was like, like, and it's still it's still a great film. You can watch it without knowing the twist. It's still a great film. It's just there are certain ones when it's just like I, I'm never gonna get that. Shit. you'll never get that cultural that moment, moment you know what yeah. I mean you'll never get that moment where it's just like it's so sad but at the same time if you've come on today and you're like ah oh, will you ruin the others for me well that's your fucking fault <laughs> that film that older I think it's, is it was 2001 yeah that is <laughs> you've uh, had 22, 22 years, years. I apologise but time's up <laughs> yeah time's up um, but no I think like, a good twist is like and I'm talking one of those bombshell fucking things like uh like sixth sense i could see why you wouldn't want to watch the film if you know what it is because it the twist is the fucking bomb being dropped and that's like a cultural moment you know like every i remember when sixth sense came out everybody was like um you know i everybody was talking about i see dead people yeah but i think people had reverence for the film that they didn't talk about the ending because i remember i remember everybody quoting and everybody parodying i see dead people yeah but nobody was like and that's what uh, the, the start when i said about that cultural moment like yeah. there are some like thrillers or horrors that kind of have such a twist that brings people into it no matter what even if they're people that don't want don't really like horror films and stuff yeah like. I mean, The Sixth Sense was freaking new because The Sixth Sense was only, it was only a small made film. It wasn't yeah. a big name. And Night Shyamalan was not a big name. He got Bruce Willis to star in his film. He got Tony Collette to star in his film. But these were not, it was not big name things. Like Bruce Willis, basically he started the film because he got a huge amount of the back end of the profits. So yeah. he got a percentage of the profits. That's what makes him one of the, like he, for that film, he got one of the biggest paydays ever because <laughs> he had a huge percentage of the profit because he was like, yeah, I'll star in your film, but I want this much of yeah. it. So that's how small the film was. This is a film that probably, if it hadn't have been for such a phenomenon that built around it, it would have been one of those that's like, uh, it would have made a couple of mil and it would have been gone. Yeah. But instead it made like 160, 200 mil off of a budget of like, you know, only a couple of mil. Because it was a phenomenon of everyone was like, don't ruin the twist for people. Yeah. Don't go in a film. You won't believe what's happened. You won't think. And it's because it is played so well. And there are some films that have just so perfectly whether it's a horror film like the sixth sense the others or whether it's fight club or something or the usual suspects or films where you just like you didn't see it coming because it takes a masterful there are people that have tried to do these and there are many films where they have twists that some people might say are as great but the problem is the director just couldn't pull off the subtlety to make it work as well and that is why you know uh, he can make as many shit films as he wants, but I'd never say that M. Night Shyamalan is not a good director because the way he masterfully managed to make everyone not realise that Bruce Willis was shot at the very beginning yeah. of the film and dead you know what I mean it was just like and even when you look at the way he was shot you're like shit that really probably I can't I, yeah. I can't believe we didn't think that he probably wouldn't survive that anyway alone yeah. but, um, and the fact that the kid's literally telling you the whole film yeah it's insane. <laughs> and you're like I didn't see it because and it is again like I said it, it, it takes a great director it also sometimes takes a great performance from an actor yeah. to make you so drawn in by them and in that case it's both Bruce Willis and Hayley Joel Osman that you're both drawn in so much by them you don't really think about the, the context yeah. of it at the time no, you're you so drawn in by 
what the child is seeing around him or the fact that Bruce Willis is struggling in his own life and it reflecting into the yeah. child that you don't think about it and, and, and that is it that was it with like the others that's it with so many of these horrors it's just like the performance draws you in so much that you just don't think about the rest of it kind of yeah. thing like you you were so drawn in by uh, Vinnie Jones that you didn't realise did, yeah. people were living I, yeah Vinnie Jones's aura <laughs> just drawed me in so well you know um, right, it's yeah. uh, my my final one. It is, man. Send us off happy. Um, right. So I have actually decided to change my choice midway through this. Okay. Only because I started to feel a little bit like all three of my choices, to be honest. I said supernatural. They were all supernatural. The third one, I'll tell you what it was going to be. It was going to be the orphanage. I remember you, yeah, you were a big and fan. I've talked, I've, but I've actually talked about this one yeah, before, and I was flip-flopping as to whether to talk about it. And once I talked about the other two, I felt like I'm just going to repeat myself because it's another... Haunted house murder. It just felt too samey to me. Yeah. And there was another one on my list that I wanted, that I did almost want to talk about as well. So, um, and there was a classic one that I've knocked out and decided now nah, I'm not going to talk about that. I'm going to talk about one that's a little bit more modern and a little bit more um, that some people might have seen, some people might not have. And it's your next. Yeah, this is a good one, man. Yeah. I like this one. Um, only because this is this is like a different of like um, I think. You know, the other ones like drew me in for long enough. This was a film, I think, where to start off with the film, I was very much, I was, I was like watching it, but I wasn't expecting much at all from this film. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? It, you know, they said it's like, oh, it's from the guys that did the Blair Witch Project, which I was like, oh, yeah, well, that doesn't, that doesn't give me big, like, wow. <laughs> yeah. Because, you, you know, I, I'm not expecting it. So Adam, um, Adam Wingard, who's, you know, gone on to, well, quite a few bigger, you know, films. That's doing fucking Godzilla's monster, now. Yeah. He's doing all the monsters, like now. He did, uh, Godzilla vs. Kong. King film. Absolutely. And now he's King doing the sequel film. as well. Absolutely King one. film. Yeah. The <laughs> New Empire or something like that. Yeah, so that was I love that shit, man. Um, so yeah, he's, he's gone on to like much bigger things. Um, but this film is kind of what helped start yeah. that kind of... Um, he did go on to do a couple, one or two that were forgotten. I think uh, Death... Death... Is it Death... Not Death Wish. It's he the did... adaptation of the anime uh, Death, Death Note. Note. Definitely, he did that one, which was not well received at yeah. all. But luckily, it's on Netflix. Did he do the guest? Films. He did do the guest, which as is well. supposed that, to be awesome. that helped as well. So he did. You're next in the guest. Those two films were like, yeah, like good indie, low budget, but made really well kind yeah. of films that helped him. Um, it's almost when he tried to do bigger ones that he's not always been a, a, as consistent. Yeah. with Death Note. I think he also did. Was he not a part of the Blair Witch? I think he did the Blair Witch one. He might have never watched the. But they did another yeah. one, didn't they? Not the, they did not the, a, second the book one, of the, the remake one. That's yeah. kind of like a remake, reboot, sequel, whatever. I watched it. it. it was okay. Um, I I didn't watch that. I didn't watch that one, but I know that wasn't majorly well received. Mm-hmm. I don't think. I think yeah, it, was it was just kind of forgotten about. Right. Um, because again, the Blair Witch was something that you couldn't recreate. Yeah. Um, but yeah. So you're next. So a family gathered together. Okay, for their. Yes, all right. Um, a, a family gathered together for their kind of uh, like a like. You know, kind of reunion, introducing yeah. his his um, his his partner, his fiance, to the whole family. Yeah. Um, it's a pretty straightforward concept to start with. It's it, it's elevated by the way that it's done. It's kind it's um, it's a home kind of home invasion. Yeah, it, yeah, it's it's home invasion. It's um, you know, suddenly they get surrounded by these people in different kind of animal kind of like masks. Yeah. Uh, and you know, and they and they're fighting for survival, and and they're being killed off, and they have to fight back by you know, you get a little bit of that. Almost always makes me think of just Home Alone straight away when anyone <laughs> tries to make traps in houses yeah. and like that. So you've got like things set up. 
like the axe that comes into play later that like that is dropping awesome. down, yeah. which is you know our final shot in the film when it splatters your next. Um, and and you know it, it's a really effective home invasion film, mainly focused on the, the main character. Yeah. Um, who 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 we're, we're following her and her fiance and you're thinking that they're trying to survive against all of her other family kind of being killed and wiped out as they're one by one yeah. and you're thinking shit how are they going to get out of this and you know she's thinking that she's just like because they're a well-off family that they're being targeted for some reason and this is yeah. they want and it you know it's i'm not saying those parts of it kind of completely changed the game but there's something about the the deaths that really works well oh in yeah films. um there's a lot of trapped based kind of deaths whether it's their deaths or whether it's the people invade you know trying yeah. to invade that they're trying to kill um and a lot of it just it does leave just this lasting impact in the film but i always remember ty west's death in it at the, the very start where is it oh is it it's the ty west oh yeah. is it i don't, um, don't think about that yeah so I'm pretty sure it's time west, um, but they're all at the dinner table and like I think they might like an argument breaks out, yeah, yeah, and then yeah. he goes over to the window. He's like, "There's people outside," and everybody ignores him, and then he's like, "Guys, I think there's somebody outside." And then he just gets shot. In the yeah, 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 yeah. So it, good. Is it shot or is it an arrow? It's an arrow. It's an arrow. I was gonna say, I remember. Yeah, I do remember that one. The arrow. Yes, yeah, gets loosed like, in the eye. Fuck that. Yeah, yeah, and it just it, a lot of the deaths is because they come in not the not a lot of them don't come in that kind of standard kind of. You know, you're cornered and then you're just kind of murdered or yeah. slashed. Kind of a lot of them are like shock deaths, like shit out of nowhere. Like I said, like the the final shot of the axe coming down on the yeah. officer, kind of thing. Like the fuck, like uh, that you just weren't expecting. But anyway, I'll, I'll get to the twist. The 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 twist is obviously um, that she's come here all the way with her fiance, and then she picks up the phone. Yeah, and it's from the the the, the invaders. Yeah, and they realize that they're. Uh, talking to, I'm thinking it's Ezekiel, but I don't know. I think it is. I'm sure it's Ezekiel. Yeah, it yeah it is. Um, so Z is it Z and Ezekiel? Is that who I'm thinking of? I'm, no, it's Aaron. Sorry, Aaron's Aaron, the main, the main girl. I always remember that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I was just mixing up the name. Ezekiel. I thought that sounds so. No, Felix. 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 Sorry, how, how I don't know where Ezekiel. Ezekiel. I don't. Yeah. Know. I think because Felix is weird. I kind of went for the E and the yeah. um, Felix. She picks up the phone and the person's talking to Felix, which makes her realise that her fiance is actually the one who has arranged for this yeah. whole fucking thing to happen. And it is just this moment because you follow followed Erin this whole film, like is like the you know the, yeah. the main girl, whatever you want to call her. Um, it is kind of they've been kind of it's just been them and he's been kind of playing her off so well even though at times he seems a little bit like a, a you know a little bit of a, a wimp I guess yeah, maybe well, time yeah. he looks like he's trying to hide away I think but he, they, it, in the twist you realise that the whole reason he was trying to draw her into a certain place or away from certain yeah. things is because he kind of had an idea of how this was all going to play out yeah. and she was kind of the one fucking it up by coming, kind of becoming this kind of blasting into action yeah. kind of thing you know what I mean she was fucking it up for him um, so yeah when when she realises the fact that it's it's him who who has been doing it it's just you see like a whole world just crumble around yeah. her she's come out to this and he's basically just done it because he wants the inherit. he wants all of the money yeah. basically and if he kills off all of his family he gets all of it he gets all who of would it. ever believe that you know the sun when actually probably most likely most people would be like oh, that you you did it in most you? cases they probably would be like well why did they target you and then i, yeah. I do feel like there is the, the slight floor is that probably nowadays i would probably say the police at some point would come to 
Yeah, this seems just too out of the blue. Too, and yeah, unusual. You're the only one alive. I feel like you did this, mate. Yeah. Um, and I feel like, but I guess Aaron being there is kind of part of it. The fact that they've played up the fact that they're coming for like the first time to be with the family and they're yeah. meeting. And I guess that's, she's almost his alibi, his backup to be like, well, no, we, we were here and they just came and they. And we don't, you know, you we know. haven't spoken to them for a Yeah, while. we haven't seen, you know, we haven't seen them so long. And, and this is just like a, an unusual thing to us to come. And um, it's, it's just I just thought it was so like oh no it's, it's awesome so cleverly done yeah and it is another one that kind of tracks across the whole film and you know and it, it, well, yeah, it has cause... been done in other ones where you reveal it it was them that was in on the whole you know the whole time yeah but it's just it is just one of the better examples where I think because it's so a lot of it's so like underplayed and you think it's just someone doing a kind of cat and mouse kind of thing yeah. with the film you're doing that kind of like survival like kick ass kind of leads woman kind of thing like you don't really think about there being much of a twist yeah you just think of it being a film where she's just going to try and make it out or survive or not yeah. survive you yeah. know in your standard way so it does start to be like oh shit that uh, and i i just remember it it's that is a twist that for me kind of elevated the film as well i was really enjoying it yeah. much more than i expected anyway but i just thought the twist kind of elevated it because i suddenly clicked into place like all of the signs that were there with him oh yeah throughout the film and not just that but like there's signs that there's people like that they were already in the house like yeah. I, I remember like the first time i watched it they find like um when they turn up to the house like they're looking around and they find like bottles like two or three bottles of piss yeah, yeah and they're yeah. like well, somebody must have like been squatting here or something yeah and i'm sure there's some other stuff where there's like signs that people have been staying there yeah yeah and I'm then sure when you watch they were, it back, like driving past certain like cars that they were like looks like just been left at the side of the road or um like you said about the the bottles or i think there was i swear there's a bit when they see just random like food or scraps yeah. of like rubbish and they're like why is this in the yeah bush? well yeah they do why is this just hiding there in a bush like it was like oh they just think it just might be random yeah squatters hanging around i'm sure it's with the piss i'm sure that yeah it might, like, and that might all be together in one thing food stuff yeah it's all just yeah there. just like what the fuck like, but then it really comes into play yeah because they think that like you know they think that they're just being attacked by outside and then I, I remember because one of them gets uh, one of them gets injured. I think it might be like the mum who gets injured. Yeah. They go and take her to a room, and then like when they go and check on her later, she's been killed. And yeah. it's like the, nobody got in the house. It's safe. And then you're like, oh, actually, somebody's been in here the whole way time. before you. Yeah. It's, yeah. It's a real good twist, man. And it's it ahead is. of the film. It is. Yeah. So yes, yeah, so I went away from that. I went away from. Well, I guess in some ways, uh, me, I've I've gone for I've gone for all the American ones instead of going, for, and I got rid of the foreign. <laughs> I apologise, but it's only because if you listen back, I have talked I have talked about that, and I think I might have revealed the twist in a previous episode. Oh, maybe I definitely remember you spoke about it because I was thinking, oh, I've got to It's very it. similar. The, the thing that made me change was it is very is it's a very similar film to the others in a lot of ways. There is a very of, yeah. similar twist. Yeah. Uh, there is more to it and it's not exactly the same but yeah it's a very similar and I'm not going to reveal the twist now because I didn't talk about it <laughs> you can go and find the film yourself but it's a great film go and see the orphanage yeah it's a hell of a film Glamo Des Hero and Jaya Bayona it's great yeah um, well my final one uh, this is a this is a the iconic one this is a classic this is a big hitter and I was lucky enough that I avoided finding out the finding out the spoiler despite the fact that the film came out in 1973 um, and it's 
twist is iconic. Mm. I, I, I think I'm, I can't remember how I ended up, but I ended up talking to somebody um, who was much older than me about this film. I don't know if it was like a family member or somebody, but they told me about this film and they were like, do you know, do you know the twist? And I was like, no. And they were like, well, watch it before you find out the twist. Because once you find, it's one of those ones where once you find <laughs> out the twist... Yeah. You kind of have like. I don't. I'm assuming you would have seen this film. I hope I have. I, I'll say two. <laughs> I'll say two words. I'll give you a hint with uh, the actor, but it, it. But I don't think it's the, it's not the film that you're thinking of. The actor is Charlton Heston, but it's not. It's not going to be. Okay. It's not going to be what well, you're not. It's not Planet of the Apes. But <laughs> <laughs> no, that is a hell of a twist. Soylent Green. Okay. Yeah. Soil and Green Man. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I remember watching this, um, and I somehow I think it was back in the day of like LimeWire or something like that. I downloaded yeah. it. This is obviously was a classic book, isn't it? Yeah, it's so. based on a book, um, and I it was based on a short story or something. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but it, it it's weird watching it because like it's nineteen seventy three. In a way, it's quite ahead of its time because it's mm. it's very like dystopian. Um, yeah. It's set in twenty twenty two. I didn't actually realize <laughs> this. This took place last year, and funnily enough, it's about uh, global global overpopulation, which we're kind of dealing with at the moment. Yeah. The uh, long term effects of. Uh, you know, the greenhouse effect, which we're kind of <laughs> dealing with a global warming at the moment. Food shortages, which we're dealing with at the moment. Um, and it's effectively, you know, um, like food is no longer available anymore. Um, unless you're like part of the elite, you're not going to be getting, you know, fresh food or stuff like that. So instead, people eat these weird wafers called Soylent Blue and Soylent Red. Uh, but then they're going kind of quite scarce. Yeah. Um, and basically, this new product comes out called Soil and Green, and a board member is killed. Uh, the Charlton Heston suspects that it's like an assassination, um, and he effectively goes on this journey of tracking down like who you like, what's going on. Like he went to go and make a confession, and it's all kind of it's. I think it's you know it's very light on the horror it's i'd say it's more yeah, sci-fi it, horror you know yeah or yeah thriller kind of thriller yeah thriller, but um, as we've said before like horrors and thrillers are quite hard I find yeah. because of the suspense level in quite a lot of them sometimes it you might not say it's a full-on horror but it could still be a thriller that has many horror aspects yeah so it still counts to me <laughs> um, yeah i'd say it um and effectively like it's one of the films where you find out the twist and i noticed this like watching a lot of 70s and 80s films are you find that they kind they end very abruptly um yeah after the after like a twist or something like after that or a after twist. like a death or after the killer has been killed it's like end. <laughs> like i like recently we were i mean i know you watched it i watched it i'm going to do an episode about it suspiria hmm. you know you have this big ending and then it's just like play the music <laughs> play yeah, the yeah, album yeah. it, it, it is quite a common thing for like 70s especially like 70s horror or even 70s sci-fi i think there's like what is it uh logan's run or something yeah where it has this like big like twist ending when you like remove and realize that one of them was a robot or whatever all along and it's just like, like yeah. off into the distance. <laughs> that's it like they liked ending it on that like 
horror. Yeah. The horror dread moment of like, oh my god, that's it. Cliffhanger. Yeah. Or, but not a cliffhanger because we're not coming back. <laughs> we're never, yeah, we're never touching this again. We're just, uh, yeah, <laughs> just end, end, the end people on the, oh my god. Whereas, yeah, now we would tend to have the, oh my god, and then the aftermath. Of Some the resolution, yeah. Yeah, or, yeah, a resolution or at least like see how bad it is afterwards or whatever, like how yeah. did the world turn out? But now it's just like, no. <laughs> yeah. Um, and this film does kind of have that where basically uh, Charlton Heston finds out that somebody somebody discovers that uh, apparently Soylent Green is made with plankton and they go to some like oceanographers or something like that and they're like well the oceans are like uh, 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 shriveling away like yeah, there's yeah. barely anything left this plankton that they used to make it doesn't exist anymore this makes somebody clock what Soylent Green is he goes he then is like, you know what, I can't be dealing with this, basically. <laughs> I'm out. <laughs> yeah, very casually then goes to a euthanasia clinic uh, and kills himself. And then Char- <laughs> Charlton Heston then kind of follows him there and basically breaks into the Soylent Green uh, factory where he sees that all of the bodies from the euthanasia clinic yeah. are going to the factory. And it kind of has this, this shock and ending where riots have broken out about soil and green everybody needs it because it's so damn good and you know there's like shots of people eating it and taking it in like the you know the the box and it's charlton heston being dragged away screaming the iconic line soil and green is people it's people and then it just zooms out and it ends and i remember (laughs) watching it thinking like what the fuck it was (laughs) it was all of those things where it's like it's a very harrowing ending. Yeah. Like the film, I think if you, if you know the twist, there isn't any signposting really. So watching the film back and being like, you know, ah, uh, if you were like, like we said earlier, if you already know what the twist is, watching it back might not be as interesting. Yeah. No, yeah. I mean, as I because um, I, I already knew that that was a, I already yeah. knew Soul and Green as people. I'd heard it in so many, I think it's, I mean, it was. I, I think the Simpsons. Had, Simpsons was, probably did it. Yeah, you know, Simpsons do everything, and it was. You know, it was. Uh, it was in everything, uh, but yeah, I somehow I avoided say, it. Yeah, the Simpsons has a like. Not only does it have an episode that's basically about that with the kids in the school, but it also has. Yeah. Um, it has a. It has a scene in one of them where like Homer walks in with a box that says. Soil and green now with more girls. Oh really? And it just has like people like <laughs> stuffed into the front of the that's thing, so like. Yeah, but it's just such like a iconic twist. It's harrowing. Yeah, well, yeah, it, it is a classic of, of that dystopian era when there were so many in the you know in the um, what was it from about the fifties to the sixties? They there were so many books about yeah. you know about dystopian where it's Handmaid's Tale, nineteen eighty four, yeah. Soiling all of those like novels and stuff. They were in a very kind of oh my god, industrial revolution kind of post this is the end of the world. Like it's more about making than it is about uh, actually, or it's becoming more about business than it is about actually people and things like that. Yeah. And the divide. So little money for the lower, whereas the upper class take everything. Yeah. Wealth divide. And then, yeah. Yeah. And there was a twilight. I think it was a twilight zone or there was another show I watched, um, which was basically, uh, had a segment called to serve man. And it's based on a short story as well, where basically aliens come down and make contact with Earth. 
mm. and they're basically saying like well you know we have like a paradise you know come with us we have like this you know like we've got this you know we've got this like book um, and somebody re- is able to decipher that it says to serve man and you know um, they're like oh wow we get to go to this paradise and we get to be like treated like gods you know yeah, so yeah. loads of people sign up to it um, and loads of people are on the spaceship going and then there's one guy who like deciphers the whole thing and realises that it's a recipe book and that they'll actually get eaten and yeah, yeah this, this seems to be like a, in a lot of uh, like you said in 50s 60s sci-fi it's all about like people being eaten <laughs> yeah 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 <laughs> you know and, and it's done all the t- it's done obviously a lot now most shows you find that have a kind of dy- dystopian kind of part to it there'll be some reference to the fact that people are eating people. Yeah. You know, it's a consistent kind of thing, even up to uh, The Last of Us. The, yeah. You know, TV show. And Walking the game Dead, I remember. Had so much about, like, you know, there's always a cannibal kind of try that, like, yeah, the reason we're surviving is because we're eating Because we're surrounding people. people. Yeah. So, you know, way, way we're getting by, <laughs> which, you know, I guess you can see where humanity could go that way, sadly. Yeah. Um, <laughs> we but, hope we're not part of that. So no. Maybe 20... Maybe twenty twenty two. Maybe if you take away like leap years, we've got like five years. Maybe until we've got five years. Yeah. <laughs> I wonder, do you reckon Soil Green would be nice? <laughs> well, in the film, they were so like they were loving it. Yeah, I was gonna say that's consumerism, but at the same time, I mean, it's a sad thing for humanity that I feel like if someone advertised something, and basically went there's humans in it, but they made a really good like advert or something. <laughs> yeah. Where, like people are like, it's the most delicious thing you've ever. I'm pretty sure that I feel like there's a good fair amount of people that yeah. go. Oh, well, I'll just try. It. Yeah, it's like oh, people that go to like China and be like, they have their dog at home, and then they go to China and, <laughs> and they're like, dog. would you? Or they've got their cat at home and they like, go to certain areas of like Asia, and then they're like, I mean, okay, I'll just give it a little. Bit. Yeah, I'll have a little. Maybe rude not. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we do that with a lot. So I feel I can't imagine. I do imagine in that kind of store where they go, you want to try people? Yeah. yeah. Well, I'll well, try anything once, mate. Fun, funny you mention that because I did read that <laughs> there was a company that allowed you to grow steak using your own skin cells. <laughs> so you could eat your own flesh that you cultivate, <laughs> which is, you know, not far off soil and green. Yeah, I mean, that's a, and again, and we always seem to come back around to always sunny. When they think they've eaten man and they're man, <laughs> and they're, they're literally going like ravenous, like eating, like <laughs> yeah, it's just uh, <laughs> eating the crow instead. <laughs> well, I mean, that's that's our twists, I guess. You know, it is, yeah. So yeah, there are there are so many uh, so many great kind of horror twists out there um, that we we could have chosen from, and I'm sure many people are thinking you've forgotten a lot of some of the great kind of twists or yeah. things like that. Obviously, we've mentioned the six cents. We've, uh, it was mentioned in social media Friday the 13th with Mrs. Vorey's it yeah. said when you think it's Jason the whole time the Wicker Man yeah the, the Wicker ending, Man's a classic that he's been brought there for that reason to yeah. be sacrificed and that they were trying some people were trying to save him yeah you know that was that's, all of that uh, that kind of comes out which yeah. is you know that's really like an interesting one Saw Saw that was a classic where he's the killer's in the room the whole time yeah you know Seven yeah, seven, absolutely. Heads in the box. The box? Night of the Living Dead. That's a classic. Um, you know, n- you know, it's not a huge twist, but more of like that kind of shock twist that 
the person who followed the whole time is at the end. It's just gone. Um, one that I talked about before, so I didn't put on the list because I have talked about this one before. Is the Mist? Yeah, classic. Again, it's not so much of like a huge twist. It's more of a twist in terms of a, a shock twist. Yeah, as you didn't expect that, and more of the twist is the fact that then the damn army drives right by it straight yeah. after it's like fuck you damn. <laughs> that is one of those like that is one of those proper like gut punch endings that is just yeah. so um, and yeah I'm, I'm sure there's so many as I said um, any M. Night Shyamalan film <laughs> is either great or not great of a twist um, and many other ones that have made some fantastic films like that but yeah um, there's such a large array out there we, we could probably talk about the, several more like listing them off and off and off because as I said pretty much every a lot of films, to be fair, have some kind of a twist. It's a yeah. standard part of any story writing is that you should come up with something that kind of defies the expectation. So there are so many twists in pretty much every horror we could talk about. Whether we're talking about Scream or Halloween or we're talking about anything from any kind of uh, even Dawn of the Dead or anything. They've yeah. all got something that's like, uh, oh, actually, I didn't expect that to happen. They're all out there. There's a million of them. I think we've gone for some of the ones that are a bit more either unexpected or you just really weren't like... Yeah. And I think they are sometimes the bigger hitter ones when you're just like, either I did not expect them to be the ghosts, I didn't expect them to be a boy, <laughs> I didn't expect them to be dead, I didn't expect them to be lizards. <laughs> <laughs> the lizard boys. Yeah, we went for a few more personal ones. <laughs> yes, uh, the lizards are very personal. <laughs> yes, it is. But now I'm very interested to watch that film, probably more than anything you said. <laughs> I'm like... Lizards on the train. Lizards on the train, the follow-up to Snakes on the train. Um, (laughs) Exactly. But yeah, um, so many out there. So make sure you hit us up with any of the ones that you want to tell us all about. And I will send over to Robbie because I'm not going to steal his job. (laughs) Yes. Um, Yeah, come and let us know your thoughts and your favourite twists. Uh, You can find us on Instagram, TikTok and uh, Twitter at CMTHpodcast. Uh, remember to hit that subscribe button and please leave us a lovely review we're also close to celebrating our 100th episode and we're looking for film suggestions so if there's any film that you particularly want us to take a look at let us know on our social media and we will uh we'll consider some see you soon bye bye